Hello to all of you beautiful souls listening to the So Ready for Health podcast. Wherever you are in the world, I want to wish you a happy and safe 2022. I hope you guys have had a beautiful start to this new year, which I'm sure will bring us a lot of good memories, a lot of joy, happiness, and exciting experiences, but at the same time, a lot of challenges too, which I'm sure you guys know, um, which will basically strengthen us as individuals, but also as a collective. So in today's episode, I want to share with you guys an excerpt, a one hour, one hour and a half excerpt from a clubhouse session that we had two nights ago, which was about five hours long. So I'm just really going to share with you guys uh, a little bit from that conversation that we had revolving around trust the science. Don't be a science denier. Trust the experts. Don't think for yourself, etc., etc., which we've been hearing from the mainstream media and their puppets throughout these entire two years, right? So we dive deeper into that and we expose it. And uh, it was a really good session. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed all the contributions that everyone everyone made. And so if you want to listen to the full session, you can download the Clubhouse app and find our channel. It's called Natural Health and Medicine. And you can join and bang the bell to be notified of future sessions. I organize about two sessions a week. And so you can join in on the conversations. And uh, yeah, so that's really it. Without further ado, here is the conversation we had, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So ready, so ready for, I'm so ready. So ready for, I'm so ready. So ready for, I'm so ready. Okay, so as I mentioned, I have about 20 points on follow the science that I want to go through. I may as well start with one until a couple more people roll in. So the first one is, let's start with the um, so-called science of antibiotics. So the first antibiotic, as some of you may know, was discovered in the 1920s, okay? It was called penicillin. And the way penicillin works is that by virtue of being a fungal poison, a mycotoxin, it happens to kill bacteria. I mean, that's how they work. Right? That's how bacteria, fungus, they all work. They compete with each other and they kill each other off with their biotoxins. Big deal. Okay. So that was the first antibiotic that was created. And... It killed bacteria. And that was the invention of the modern day antibiotics. And shortly after, two, deca two decades later, after they started using penicillin, popping it like candy, the medical establishment realized that they, they had caused an epidemic. An epidemic of what? An epidemic of fungal overgrowth in the body of the patients. Um, 
who had been given penicillin. Why? Because the mycotoxin, the fungal poison produced by the mold penicillium, was killing off indiscriminately all the bacteria in the microbiome, not only the good, not only the bad bacteria, but also the good ones. And so in this new dysbiotic environment where the good bacteria were no longer present, these uh, natural competitors of, of pathogenic organisms, well, the opportunistic pathogenic fungi, parasites, and bacteria now began to grow and induced fungal infections in the gut. As many of you know, it's called candida fungal infections in the gut, and then it would spread all over the body. So there were two nurses who set out on a mission to cure this uh, modern-day medical-induced epidemic okay, caused by their antibiotics. I can't recall their names right now, but I, I made many presentations about them on my Shadow Band YouTube channel. You can go check it out. I think it's called... I think it's called They Buried the Cure for Candida or something like that 50 years ago. You can find it on my YouTube channel. But basically, basically they found the cure. So they went on the search for the cure. They found the cure and they named it Nystatin. Not because it is a statin drug, but because it was discovered in the state of New York. NY state, right? NY statin. And it was so effective at curing this fungal infection that shortly after the modern-day medical establishment adulterated the original formula and rendered it ineffective. So many of you may know, may have, may have even taken nystatin, okay? You'll notice that it's packed with sugar, uh, artificial coloring, uh, polysorbate 80, some of the most cancer-causing chemicals, right? And we know sugar feeds candida. So they have modified it in a way where it basically renders it ineffective and at best temporarily may reduce your oral thrush, which is what it's mainly prescribed for nowadays, okay? You can dig deep, you can check out my video on YouTube, etc. But I wanted to start off this topic, follow the science, by exposing about 20 of these so-called <laughs> things that, you know, scientific things that they have done, which shows deliberate intention to poison you, to depopulate you, to make you sicker, to drive up big pharma profits in hopes that it may, make, may wake a couple people up to realize that just because they call it science does not mean that it is good, okay? Just like everything in this world, it can be used for good or for evil. Money can be used for good or for evil. The educational systems can be used to educate people or to indoctrinate them and brainwash them and dumb them down, right? Everything, you name it. Farming can be used to create food as medicine or it can be used by depopulationists to poison people to death with cancer-causing glyphosate and gender-bending atrazine. We're not going to get into their, their agenda of why they're bending genders. We might a little bit later, but that's just an example, right? Food can be used to poison the masses or it can be used as medicine, etc., etc. So that's what we're going to get into today, and I thought I'd start with the topic of antibiotics. 
And and just to show you that the World Health, so-called World Health Organization, has listed antibiotics, modern-day antibiotics, of one of the ten top saviors of humanity, inventions, medical inventions of the century, essentially, right? And nothing can be further from the truth, okay? If it's the top 10 inventions for you, depopulation, then yes, okay? Then yes. Because why? Again, all of these modern-day antibiotics, they poison you. They're fungal poisons. They destroy your microbiome. They destroy your lymphatic system. Mycotoxins are some of the most cancer-causing chemicals known to man. Known to man, okay? Case in point, the most basic form, penicillin, is a fungal poison produced by the mold penicillium, okay? In contrast to what? What have we been using for thousands upon thousands of years as natural, effective, non-poisonous antibiotics? Many of you know what they are, but we've been so brainwashed to believe that it's quackery. It's quackery, you know, how dare we even consider using them as as antibiotics, etc., right? You got tea. We got thousands upon thousands, guys. We got raw garlic, one of the most powerful natural antibiotics. We got castor oil. We got tea tree oil, coconut oil, which contains caprylic acid, right? Clove oil. I mean, the list goes on and on, guys, right? Neem, neem powder. Uh, what else? Food-grade hydrogen peroxide, colloidal silver, Right? The list goes on and on. I mean, the amount of plants we have in the world, depending on the geography where you live, you have about a couple thousand native plants that are natural antifungals, antibacterials. But look, not only can Big Pharma not patent these natural antibiotics, but most importantly, they can't poison you further and drive up profits. Okay, that's the most important thing. Natural antibiotics, they don't destroy your health. They don't destroy your anti- uh, your, your uh, lymphatic system and, and your microbiome. That's, what, that's the main intent, is to drive up profits by further poisoning you. Okay, because they could patent natural ant- uh, antibiotics just like they have patented the fungal poison from these molds which are, you could, you could argue, they are natural products which shouldn't be patented, right? So it's all about choosing certain testing, certain procedures which give a temporary illusion of cure, which is exactly what modern-day antibiotics do, right? They wipe out everything, all good bacteria, but then they basically kill off the good competitors, the natural competitors, and long-term set you up for a life-dependent on antibiotics okay anyways i'm not going to drive that point any further but that's just one we're starting with this one point one of the greatest scams and crimes against humanity the modern day antibiotic which has induced systemic fungal infection starting off in the gut and and this candida infection is poisoning people 24 7 because this fungus produces mycotoxins and poisons you 24 7 Okay, and uh, it's the leading contributor to systemic acidosis, right? And then what do they do? They prescribe drugs 
to merely mask your symptoms because of the poisons produced by the systemic fungal infection that they themselves have induced. And the, uh, the big pharma and the guys at the top, they know this. They have trained their order followers to not even recognize candida infections to I have you know I have cousins who are all doctors okay I have this conversation with them welcome Lynn how you doing I have this conversation with them all the time you know they've been trained to believe that only severely immunocompromised people will have candida infections which could not be further from the truth the majority of the world's population is dealing with candida fungal infections because they have been given antibiotics since childhood okay and so they've been trained to not recognize it, to not treat it, which is one of the biggest money makers of the industry, okay? Because mycotoxins, again, being some of the most cancer-causing chemicals known to man, being one of the greatest contributors to systemic acidosis, toxicity, inflammation, hypoxia, etc., will produce a myriad of symptoms, will aggravate whatever condition you already have going on, Right? Which is, which is gold, pure gold for the pharmaceutical industries to keep popping those pills to mask seemingly unrelated symptoms, right? With more toxic pharmaceuticals, which again, merely mask your symptoms at best temporarily, but then further poison you, <laughs> further poison you. Anyways, Agnieszka, welcome. I didn't recognize you because of your new profile pic. Lynn, welcome, Phoebe and Deb. We're talking about corrupt science, guys. Okay, follow the science. Dark science, corrupt science, um, weaponized science. That, that's what we're talking about today. Um, you guys are welcome to share a uh, couple, you know, uh, examples as to how science is can be so corrupt, just like I did. I have 20 points lined up, and I got four hours on my hand. This is going to be a long clubhouse session with a whole lot of value, okay? And my, my hope is to drive this, this point uh, all the way <laughs> in today's session to wake a couple people up that just because they call it science, it doesn't mean it's good and shouldn't be questioned. Agnieszka, let me let you up here, invite to speak. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, Nabil, and hello, Lynn, and hello, beautiful people. Yes, I'm... Actually, so disturbed uh, today. I watched a couple of interesting uh, um, videos, documentaries, and uh, exactly what you're saying. It's uh, playing to the, uh, it's uh, playing to their hands. I watched the documentary, um, uh, what you call it, the uh, Iron Mountain document and the NASA War document. I don't know if you heard. Oof, oh, whatever it's happening right now, I know exactly why, and it's uh, kind of crazy, and we're being bombarded from everywhere, and it's been happening since World War II, so after, actually after World War II, so it's very scary, so it's kind of have to like balance myself, but yes, Nabil, I, I totally agree with you. There are many uh, natural remedies, which I use myself as well, like uh, you mentioned Colidosilvo, that's my natural antibiotic to go to. Uh, for my children and myself, even my pets, and um, you know, just better nutrition, which is probably gonna be gonna be harder and harder to acquire uh, with their agenda. I think we are just like in the midst, like beginning of what uh, kind of uh, it's gonna develop pretty soon, which is kind of a little bit scary. Which I don't want to be a little bit, you know, uh, 
fear mongering or something like that, but it's kind of interesting, you know, and I totally agree with you. The whole medical system is corrupted, you know, and I, from my, uh, I, I learned on my own 15 years ago and been exposing that as well. A lot of people didn't believe me then, but now I think a lot of people coming to the same conclusions, especially on those platforms. So we have to figure it out how to battle those kind of evil ethnicities right now because they actually think we are very we are disposable we um they already have technology that reach uh, i don't i don't think even we can imagine in our minds and um they uh, probably immortality in some ways because and they try to depopulate us you know the cloning and other things like that it's kind of tricky they have med beds that they came up recently and they just starting promoting and i'm sure that's just the surface because i'm sure they already have uh ways to um keep their health intact that i'm talking about that one percent so it's uh, it's great nabil that you have such knowledge and you can share it and teach others which uh, it's very important at this time because a lot of time i'm thinking we just scratching the surface and a lot of people are still in that old kind of uh, more uh, uh, awareness you know still trusting their medical doctors or insurances and complaining about i don't have insurance or this is that i haven't been in a doctor for 15 years right now or actually 16 and i'm uh, and i'm okay and i don't plan to i am doing everything i can to learn everything myself how to heal myself so thank you nabil and uh, hello lynn <laughs> i'm sorry for blabbing <laughs> Hello, happy 2022. Like, oh, and Agnieszka. I, I thought as soon as I saw her too, as I'm getting in and, and see her and see my dear friends, I haven't been on here as much. Um, great topic and agree with everything what um, Agnieszka just said. And it's that whole, um, I know you're listening to that whole mass formation psychosis Whereas there's 30% that are so closed, the sheeple, that you just can't, they, they just close up when you bring anything up. And then there's 40% that are more curious. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. They're, I don't see 40% here. but And then there's 30%, which we are, that we're, you know, we got it. We know what's going on. So we just have to open uh, the masses, right, and get them on the same page so that we can um, get back on the right track. Cause we had so much unknown. And like you were saying, as far as depopulation a few months ago, I would never have believed that. I was like, Oh, that's the weird people. <laughs> and now, <laughs> uh, now I believe it. So I think we all awake at different times. Like you can't, let's say you can't push something on someone that 30% by going into, oh, there's parasites in the vaccine. You have to go way back and just start to get them curious. And um, so anyway, I'm rambling away. I'm just um, happy to be here and see what N Nabil always has amazing information. So thanks for bringing me up. Hey, my pleasure. Welcome, Julia. Welcome, Phoebe, Deb. Happy 2022, everybody. We're going to move on to the second point uh, that I'm going to expose about the science, right? Follow the science, trust the science. Don't you dare ask any questions, you, you crazy conspiracy theorists. So over 50% of deaths worldwide across all hospitals, and you can Google this yourself, 
Over 50% of deaths across all hospitals worldwide is death caused by the complications of sepsis. Look it up. Sepsis, the cause of over 50% of deaths in hospitals worldwide. And you'll see that they are still on the search for the cure for sepsis. They have an international conference. I forgot what it's called, but I featured in, in some of my videos where they're still, still on the search for the cure for sepsis. Okay, guys? Now, what's the cure for sepsis? We have the cure, right? We have the cure for everything. The cure for sepsis is high dose vitamin C. High dose vitamin C. And it's been, it's been proven, okay? In, in some of the videos I've produced, I've shared uh, video footage of some of the doctors who implemented it in their clinics, in, the, in their hospitals, and the nurses were just dumbfounded. Okay, I'm not, I think it's on my YouTube channel, still there. Um, they're just dumbfounded how normally, you know, they're, the patients in the, con, in the condition of sepsis that they had, they would just die the next morning that they'd come back to work. And once they started implementing the high-dose vitamin C treatment, all of their patients started to resuscitate, like almost like coming, resuscitating from the dead. They just couldn't believe it. They were laughing. They were... They were like, uh, they, they couldn't believe it, essentially, right? And you can look it up. The cure for sepsis, high-dose vitamin C. Go down that rabbit hole, and you'll find that the hospitals have banned it. I mean, what harm is there in a water-soluble vitamin? And many of you know, if you, you're subscribed to the Orthomolecular Medicine newsletter worldwide, that never has there been a death by vitamins. Never in, in history have we ever had a death by vitamin overdose. Never. But the big pharma is the third leading cause of death, according to them. Okay, it's called iatrogenic deaths. Uh, I argue that they're the leading cause of death. And by the end of tonight, I'm sure you will argue, you will come to the same conclusion. That the so-called health agencies and their order followers actually the leading cause of death. Okay. But anyways, long story short, think about that. Think about the implications of over 50% of patients in hospitals worldwide could be saved if they would have not outlawed high-dose vitamin C okay, administration to their septic patients. Many documentaries have been made on this as well. And you'll see. You'll see the corruption, the insane corruption. So that... I want to just uh, share that and say, guys, follow the science, okay? If the science is the science of depopulation, then then it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Dr. Paul Merrick, was, didn't he find the cure for sepsis? He does the high-dose vitamin C. Yeah, yeah, it was Paul Merrick. It was Dr. Paul Merrick. Yeah, he's... Yes, he's part of the FLCCC um, group, and I watch their um, uh, Zoom call every Wednesdays at 4 o'clock my time, but they have the whole mask protocol for um, COVID, but he often talks about how, you know, his real thing is the sepsis cure, so that's so cool that they, it's getting, it's getting out there, but it hasn't been easy for him. Yeah, so so you would think you would think that if a doctor or his hospital, if they found the cure for sepsis, 
which is the leading cause of death in hospitals worldwide, okay, killing God knows how many, uh, you know, tens of millions of people monthly, you would think that it would have spread by now. What was it, 10 years ago he discovered it? Still fighting to try to try to push it? There's a deliberate suppression of this cure. And that's my point, is to choose uh, the, these uh, examples to show deliberate intent. I think this is important for those who are not awake yet. Deliberate intent to poison, to depopulate. Follow the science of depopulation. Right, just like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, same same old story. Yeah, that's a very good example. I, I, I made a post on LinkedIn that got me locked out of my account indefinitely, and it was something to this something to this extent. It was like this: Hey guys, the same so-called health agencies that have suppressed the cure for cancer for over a hundred years and are depopulating millions of people with their toxic acidic chemo. The same so-called health agencies that have suppressed the cure for malaria and are depopulating the Africans by merely suppressing the clinical symptoms with their pharmaceutical drug while allowing the parasite to remain in the blood of the Africans and depopulate them. The uh, the same uh, so-called health agencies that have suppressed the cure for sepsis, allowing for millions of people to die in hospitals worldwide, are the same so-called health agencies that have now suppressed the cures, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, chlorine dioxide, uh, and, and the Zelenko protocol, which involves nutrition therapy, etc., and are pushing their depopulation so-called medicine or treatment. And that got me banned off of LinkedIn. Welcome to the room, Tahere and Michelle and Julia. Now feel free to raise your hand. Today we are exposing the dark science, the fake science, the weaponized science, the corrupt science. I'm just going to ping some people in. Yeah, feel free to ping a couple people in. And uh, Agnieszka, what, what are you saying? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Nabil. I, I myself cure my autoimmune disease with uh, um, Dr. Maxwell Garrison, which I found him 15 years ago just by accident. I wrote, I wrote his name down watching a documentary and started researching him. And he was a German doctor, actually, who came after World War II, escaped after uh, World War II to the United States. And he had, uh, you know, cancer cures. And then he brought a book, 50 Cases of Cure Cancer. And I was like, what? Already after World War II, they had 50 cases of cure cancer? I couldn't believe it. So I dived into that and I explore, you know, explore and research him. I went on his protocol myself, bought a juicer and... You know, and I learned so much, and that's how I cure myself, and that's how I discovered that actually I don't have to be on the medication the doctor prescribed for me for the rest of my life, which would be how God knows how long right now. But I have to say, I'm 15, uh, 16 years later now. I'm uh, drug free. I never, I don't take any drugs, and I'm tomorrow actually I'm gonna be 48. So I'm pretty healthy. I, I I'm considering myself pretty healthy. However, I know that I, I like kind of. We all are being bombarded with other things, and I live in, in New York City, so it's kind of tricky. 
So there are here, uh, here and there, there are things that, you know, you, you get or whatever, but I always cure it myself. I, you know, I, uh, my medicine cabinets, it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, just essential oils, herbal remedies, you know, definitely um, colloidal silver, um, apple cider vinegar, you know, even baking soda I use as well for stomach aches. So, you know, oregano for toothache. So there are many, many beautiful natural remedies that we can use and implement in our daily routines. And we do not have to go to a doctor, you know, unless it's an accident. I mean, I cannot make surgeries and things like that, but otherwise, it's like a cross staying away from the, you know, um, doctors. And I hope that, stay that it stays that way. Um, thank you, Agnieszka. Well, I'd like to welcome to the room all of the, the new folks. Feel free to raise your hand, join in on the conversation today. We're just exposing a whole lot of dark science, corrupt science. Sure, there is good in science, but uh, it should be questioned. It should be questioned because like anything else in this world, it can be used for good or for evil. I'm sure most of you would agree, right? Money can be used for good or for evil. We're seeing the financial system being used for evil, right? Weaponized against the 99%, the Fed. You got the educational system weaponized and indoctrinating people instead of educating them, dumbing them down, brainwashing them. We see the media, instead of being used for good, to show all of the good things that are happening in the world, all of the good people helping each other out, amazing things happening. No, none of that, none of that, not even one story, but a whole bunch of fear-mongering and negative news, just fueling division, racism, and a whole bunch of other nasty stuff. Um, what else? I mean, everything, right? Everything can be used for good or for evil. Just because you call it science doesn't mean that it's not corrupt. So that's what we're doing. I'm going to move on to the next uh, the next uh, example I want to give about how corrupt science can be. And it's uh, when it comes to their testing. So we talked about cancer and how corrupt that is. <laughs> their cancer depopulation scheme that they've been carrying out for over 100 years. But I wanted to focus on their testing as well. So their testing is one of the most corrupt things you could ever imagine if you, if you meditate and, and reflect and, and dive deep and research for a while. Um, we're going to start off just with the cancer testing. Many of you know this, but I'm just going to go ahead and share it, where their so-called cancer testing actually expedites your cancer. If you have cancer, it's going to make it worse. If you don't have cancer, it's going to ensure that you do get cancer by the fifth test, by the tenth preventative test, they call it, right? Preventative. As an example, we're going to start with the mammography. So many studies have come out from Norway, uh, Denmark, and, and other places where they've shown that by the 10th year, when a woman does the so-called preventative mammography test, right? That's what they tell you. Do the mammogram uh, as a preventative measure. Uh, I have many patients who's uh, you know, the mother has can breast cancer and uh, their daughter has been, in a way, fear-mongered into doing the so-called preventative mammogram test uh, starting in her 20s just to be safe, right? Just to be safe. And what does this do? It ensures that this young girl, by the time she reaches 30, she will guaranteed have breast cancer because the amount of radiation that the mammogram gives off 
will basically guarantee that you do end up getting cancer. That's one example. Look into it. Another example is uh, one of the most popular testing they do, which is they mix sugar with a radioactive material and they either inject it into you or they give it to you to, uh, for, for you to drink or they do both at the same time. And what, what that does is because cancer cells need more sugar, they have mutated into a more primitive form because of hypoxia, because of toxicity, essentially, they have more insulin receptors, they need more sugar. In the absence of ox oxygen, uh, they, they use fermentation um, and they need more, more sugar, essentially, to produce the same amount of ATP. So what they do is they give you a whole bunch of sugar mixed with a radioactive material and then through their screening, uh, they, they basically see where that radioactive material is carried to by the sugar. The sugar is the driving um, medium or, or the Trojan horse, you could say, which drives it straight into the tumor. And then they say, aha, there, there you got tumor right over there, right? You got a tumor right over there. The lab technician that carries this test out on you knows that sugar feeds cancer, but your GP, your oncologist will tell you sugar has nothing to do with cancer. You can keep eating your cookies, cake, pop, sugar, rice, beans. You know what I'm saying? Like the dissonance is incredible between them, between their own their own so-called professionals. But, but that's uh, beyond the point, getting back on track. So if you know anything about tumors and, and cancer, this it's an intelligent response, right? Uh, Dr. Otto Warburg discovered over a hundred years ago that no disease, including cancer, can exist in an alkaline body. He won a Nobel Prize, and that's really what it is, folks. The more acidic you become and toxic you become as they poison you from every direction, oxygen levels go down, and your cells intelligently mutate into a more primitive form to, to continue to produce ATP and keep you alive in the absence of oxygen. And so fermentation needs more sugar essentially and so what happens is what was i trying to get at yeah so basically what happens is that area of your body that may be too acidic too toxic could be heavy metals right could be a whole bunch of glyphosate whatever right toxins are stored in fat cells and hence why we have an epidemic of breast cancer breast is one of the most fattiest organs for a female we have an epidemic of breast cancer because you're just being poisoned from every direction. A ramping up of the poisoning campaign, the depopulation campaign. And so um, what I was trying to get at was that your body is intelligently creating a tumor to protect the rest of your body, to in a way seclude uh, this toxic material from the rest of your body. Okay, now what they do to test for this cancer is they use sugar and drive more toxic material, this radioactive material, which is barium in many cases, toxic heavy metals straight into the tumor, thereby expediting and aggravating the cancer that you already have, guys. Okay, it's unbelievable. So that's another example as to how their testing aggravates any cancer you may already have by driving more radioactive material into the tumor site, which is already extremely acidic and toxic. And then the last one I'll share before we open it up to, uh, to your thoughts.
is surgery. Okay, surgery. No, not surgery. We won't go into surgery right now. But uh, what's it called? The um, I can't think of the procedure, the name right now. But they basically cut a little piece of it out to see if it's cancer or not. But by virtue of doing that, uh, what once you understand uh, what a tumor is, basically what we just explained, the body intelligently um, locking away a whole bunch of toxicity and poisons and acidity. When you puncture that uh, that tumor site, um, if any if any of you guys remember the procedure, let me know. I'm having a brain fog right now. But when you puncture it or you cut a piece of it out, you puncture the tumor, well, now you ju you've just released a lot of those toxins and acids that the body was trying to protect the rest of the body from, right? The rest of the uh, vital organs, etc. So those are just a few. Sorry, biopsy? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Lynn. Biopsy, yeah. So thank you for that. Those are just three examples as to how they're testing further poisons you just relative to cancer. Now, if we were to dive into all other types of t testing, that would take a whole hour, two hours. We're not going to get into, but that's something else I wanted to expose. Tahere, welcome to the stage. Feel free to introduce yourself and share any thoughts you may have. Uh, hi, my name is Tahere Hansen, but no, I was just going to say biopsy, but somebody else said that. So that was, I was, sorry. <laughs> hey, no worries. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, um, feel free to share any thoughts, any feedback. Welcome, Lion. Happy 2022. And also anything you guys want exposed to. I don't I don't want to be the only one exposing, but I do have a list of 20 things. I just thought off at the top of my mind to keep the conversation going. Welcome, Lion. Hey, Lion. Thank you. Hello. Happy New Year, Lion. Hi. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year, friend. Long time no see. Yeah. Or here. Yes, our little reunion. <laughs> I think everybody was taking a little break from it. <laughs> from oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. I think she's yeah. been taking a break from her own rooms. <laughs> True. <laughs> but speaking of uh, what you just uh, mentioned about the breast cancer and um, the surgeries, I remember I read also uh, Susan Summers' book. And she mentioned as well, like, you know, the, uh, uh, once she ended up in the hospital because she got some kind of reaction, they took her uh, x-rays and they told her she has breast cancer. And uh, in hell God, because she was going to a natural path, she knew she was, uh, and a uh, day before she was digging into the ground, so she, she developed some kind of bacteria infection. However, they want to amputate her, you know, um, uh, how do you say amputate, I think. Uh, the breast right away they were forcing it to you know harsh uh, medication and things like that and she because of the knowledge she had she was holding it off and um you know after reading the book you, you, you know uh, at first they were saying oh she's so irresponsible that she's not listening to the doctor but at the end it happened that there was a false positive she was not having a tumor so i'm wondering how many more false positives are there also with screenings and things like that you know uh, and how many women i think what is that BRCA, BRCA gene right they have to um uh, also they go through um 
uh, uh, what you call a mutilation, right? They take uh, they uh, taking their breasts away, and yet the, 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 we already know that actually not necessary. They will actually uh, turn on the gene itself. There is many there is studies already done that not that many women actually do have the cancer, right? So it's like that we have maybe cancer within ourselves, and we can turn it on and off. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, so there is many things like that. And I think I would also uh, there's been studies done as well that the MRIs uh, for women, uh, they are also unnecessary. They actually uh, harmful and they promote cancer. So, uh, you know, I don't want I'm not an expert and things like that, but I'm 48 and I haven't had one yet done. And uh, but, you know, you have to look into that if you, um, you know, just don't trust everything the doctor said. It's uh, a lot of money into it. And I just la- lost actually my uh, girlfriend three we- weeks ago, I think. And uh, she went she have ovarian cancer and she went through surgery, three chemotherapy. And the last one was experimental uh, chemotherapy and killed her within days. So, you know, it's very, um, the practices, medical practices are very harsh and kind of, we like almost like lab rats right now, you know, they're experimenting on us and with everything what's going on, connecting the dots right now, I'm like, uh, is that, is that also been the, the population team as well for many years that we would just been unaware of, you know? So since there are many medical advices and medical, uh, other doctors, naturopaths and MD doctors who turn to become naturopathic, uh, who are healing cancers right now and other diseases. Thank you for letting me speak. Yeah, so to, to just piggyback on what you were saying, just two other thoughts. One of them is that it's not like we don't have other effective ways for testing for cancer. We do. We do. We have at least three. We have the pregnancy test, and you can look into this yourself. Dr. Navarro from the Philippines featured in the uh, Truth About Cancer series, the trophoblastic theory of cancer. That's what it's based off of, the same hormones um uh, are used obviously if you're a man you test positive you have cancer if you're postmenopausal you test positive you have cancer if uh, you're a young woman then if you're not being sexually active then then it's ac- pretty accurate um they don't want you to know you uh, they don't want you to know this and and not only the pregnancy test we have the ph meter test again going back to dr otto warburg's work if you're urine pH or first morning urine pH tests um, highly acidic, then that's the environment in which cancer thrives, right? If you're highly alkaline, you're testing yourself every day, monitoring monitoring yourself every day for peanuts, for, for nothing, um, essentially. Um, you got that. You got the Nagalase test, which is very popular amongst natural uh, naturopaths uh, some places in the world. Now, one of the things these three have in common is one, it empowers the patient to test themselves and to basically, as they test themselves every day for dead cheap, they can adjust whatever protocol, their natural protocol they're using. They're empowered. Do they see results? Do they not? They can adjust as they go. They're not at the uh, uh, at, at the mercy of the medical priest dictating to them, hey, you got 10 days to live, obey me you better submit to this uh, depopulation chemo otherwise, right? So there's that aspect of maintaining control of the testing 
allows the the establishment to maintain control of the um, the diagnosis, the treatment, all that kind of stuff, right? That's the power of maintaining control over testing, just like in the scamdemic, right? The entire scamdemic has been built on this fake PCR test. And because they were the sole authorities uh, controlling the testing, they drove the entire narrative. You control the testing, you control the narrative. Same with cancer. They control the testing, they control the narrative and the outcome and, and dictate the so-called treatments, right? So there's that aspect of it that nobody else is allowed to come up with any test for any disease. Only they are allowed to, right? And then the other aspect is, um, the other aspect is that, that these te tests have in common is that they don't further poison you, okay? The Nagalase test doesn't further poison you. The pregnancy test doesn't further poison you. And the pH test doesn't further poison you, but all their tests, as we described, expedites your depopulation. Welcome to the stage, Danny. Hello, how are you? Hello, Danny, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Hi, Danny. You're great. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lion. And Nabil and everybody else in there. Bill, how about thermography for instead of mammograms? I've done that for years. Yeah, that's a very good example too. Very good example. Yeah. One of the one of the things that thermography has revealed, I, I saw in a couple documentaries. I don't use it myself because here we don't I don't think we have that technology here in Portugal. Um or at least they don't use it. But um, one of the things that confirms what I, what I just shared with you guys regarding the epidemic of breast cancer being merely a result of a ramping up of poisons, a ramping up of the poisoning campaign, whether you believe it's deliberate or not, okay? It's just the breast happens to be the fattiest organ of a, of a lady, and that's where toxins are stored in fat cells. Very simple. And what thermography has revealed, I believe I first learned about it in the Truth About Cancer docu-series produced by Ty and Charlene Bollinger. What they revealed was that um, they found that one of the leading causes of uh, heart attacks and, and breast cancer uh, was uh, tooth infections. And through thermography, they would, you, could, you could see it live, essentially. You could see the biotoxins being produced by root canals, for example, infected teeth just slowly make their way through the lymphatic system that is shared with the heart and with the breast. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, one of the one of the leading and and they found the the complete uh, correlation between like the the right tooth, uh, the infect infection in the right side of the teeth, and the right breast, the left side of the teeth, the left breast, right. Right, so, um, which yeah. is connected to root canals, right? Yeah, root canals. So that's been uh, exposed by what's the guy's name, Doctor Weston Price. He was one of the first. Long live Weston Price. So yeah, he he revealed uh, that that all tooth all all root canals for the most part are infected. You may not feel it. In fact, most people don't feel it because. Uh, through the root canal procedure, the nerves are killed and cleaned out, 
killed and cleaned out. So whatever infection may grow, you won't feel it because there's no blood supply to that area. Your body won't try to fight the infection, create inflammation. If there's no inflammation, there's going to be no pain. So you won't feel the infections, but most people who have root canals have massive amounts of biotoxins just being fed in through the, the lymphatics of the teeth, the neck, and affecting the heart and the breasts. So, I mean, a lot of integrative dentists now, they, they use like ozone, um, what's it called? Ozone disinfection, disinfecting using ozone before they close it off and uh, some other techniques that I'm not very familiar with because it's not my speciality. But um, yeah, Western Price. And then there was a documentary that was released on Netflix many years ago. It was called The Root Cause. And then it was banned and taken down shortly after because it wasn't good good uh, for the business of, of dentists, right? Yeah, and exposing the fluoride, right? This uh, misconception that fluoride is actually so good for your teeth and it's actually a neurotoxin, right? So... Uh, so it's uh, and now they uh, you know put in in everybody's water all over the world uh, I'm sure there are a few countries that they don't do it but they did that in uh, concentration camps uh, Nazi concentration camps uh, in uh, Europe and um, you know it has actually it's promoting decay of your teeth and it's harmful for you so that's another way Yes, it dumbs you down, it dumbs them down. That's yeah. why they use it, and they use it here too. So I know it's crazy. And Weston Price, fascinating. Did you read the book, Nabil? That uh, degeneration of it's that huge book, and and it goes into um, his story. He was actually a Canadian dentist. Was it in the '30s? He traveled the world, and he found that yes, people that yeah that were. Um, lived off the land and they had nice wide healthy jaws their teeth were beautiful they weren't crooked as soon as the roads came in and brought in processed foods they had narrow jaws and then crooked teeth so he he could tell the health of the people by um knowing the shape of their face but how their teeth were and if they had lots of space nice wide jaws it was usually because they had healthy food so really interesting and that's just a little part of it but um i always found that whole story fascinating yes i actually i read i, I didn't read his book yet but i did a lot of research on him and you are so right and there is another actually dr ramiel najel najil he also wrote a beautiful book cure tooth decay and healing heal and prevent cavities with nutrition and uh, you know he actually even said that you can you know, uh, when you have tooth, um, what do you call it, tooth infection or any uh, um, decay, you, tooth decay, you can actually, uh, the animal can regrow itself basically by changing uh, nutrition and eating certain foods, you know. So he talks about whole foods and ghee, one of the things, the ghee, I think, and um, uh, grass-fed butters, eating those kind of uh, foods. Yeah, sounds like Weston Price. Yeah, the healthy fats and yeah, just like the whole Weston Price um, organization too. So, so interesting. I haven't heard of that one. I'm going to have to check out that book too. Yeah, it's a great one. And actually he talks about that you can regrow your own teeth, which I, I'm, not, wow. I'm not so sure, but if you read it, which is uh, interesting, uh, the uh, 
but you know, I um, I'm not I'm not a great speaker, and I don't I know, but I don't remember every detail. Oh, you are. I will send you the name of the book in your back channel if you want to look at it. Okay. And I think he has some videos as well on YouTube. Yeah, one of the things I never understood as a child, they always used to tell us, ah, you're getting all those cavities because of um, because of all the candies and the sugar you're eating. And in fact, that's what uh, Dr. Weston Price, uh, one of his main focuses from what I remember um, was that exactly what you described, Lynn, was that those um, those villages or neighborhoods where they started introducing processed foods and refined carbohydrates and sugars, that's when their teeth became all distorted. So prior to that, as, as you mentioned, when they were on natural foods, wholesome foods, they had beautiful big jaws, all their teeth were straight. Once they introduced sugar, boom, their teeth just turned into a mess. But, you know, from what I've learned over, over the years, it kind of kind of connecting the dots, it makes sense because when you study, um, you know, the, the whole science of pH balance and alkalinity and acidity, you, you, one of the things you learn is that the more sweet a food is, the more acidic it is. And so when you consider all these candies and chocolates, you know, that we've been eating as, as children and why, for example, I got so many cavities growing up was really because these candies, I mean, by virtue of being so extremely sweet, they happen to be extremely acidic. And if you don't brush your teeth, uh, as a child, I didn't really brush my teeth, that, you know, those candies, chocolates, highly acidic, remain on your teeth, right? Throughout the night, throughout the day. And they eat away at the enamel, which is alkaline in nature, right? Because calcium is an alkaline mineral. So anyways, I just thought I'd throw that in as well. Uh, but yeah, one of you guys mentioned fluoride and we might as well just go into that direction um, because it was on my list as well. And that's another example of follow the science, do not question the science. And how for 70 years at least, uh, from what I researched, for 70 years, the average Joe, the average parent was, you know, protesting. We, we have these photos on, on Google. If you, if you type it in, fluoride, 1950s, conspiracy, all that kind of stuff, you'll see back in the day they were protesting. So the governments are fully aware of this concern, okay? So the average Joe has been protesting for the past seven years. We don't want to get dumbed down. Take fluoride freaking out of our waters already. And um, and as, as one of you mentioned, fluoride is a known neurotoxic, kidney toxic, thyroid toxic, uh, liver toxic. I mean, it's one of the most cancer-causing chemicals known to man. Um, back in the 1950s, these order followers, big pharma order followers, also known as doctors, they were trained to prescribe toxic fluoride to patients whose thyroids were hyperactive. So they would slow down hyperthyroidism through fluoride poisoning. 
That's how they used to do it. So they know very well that at least it is a thyroid poison. So you wonder why we have an epidemic of thyroid diseases or hypothyroidism. That This is definitely one of the causes. We know that it calcifies or hardens the pineal gland, um, which prevents a human being from accessing, you know, many features of, of higher consciousness, of dreaming, all that kind of stuff. And it dumbs you down. So finally in 2019, contrary to the wishes of the big pharma, eventually these scientific studies pop up. And in Canada, many of you know, know about what I'm talking about. I featured it in many of my videos where two uh, universities in Canada finally did the studies comparing mothers who used uh, tap water uh, for formula for their babies and also mothers who drank tap water while they were pregnant and they found that the IQ of their babies were far less than women who did not drink tap water or didn't use it in their formula for their babies okay so we know even even after these studies coming out sneaking out they're still putting it in your tap water why because they say they care so much about your teeth uh, to the point where they're willing to sacrifice your liver, your kidneys, your thyroid, and your brain function. That's how much they care about your teeth, okay? So follow the science, guys. In this case, the science of dumbing, down, dumbing you down. Dumbing you down. Yeah, this is just crazy with the uh, wa uh, baby water fluoridation. Now you see them everywhere at every drugstore. You know, it's like babies need it. This is so un outrageous. You know, it should be banned out of the store. It's a toxin. It's a poison. And their recommendation is to give it to our babies. It's sickening. I mean, there are so many cancer cures and um, uh, I can mention, uh, uh, I will mention maybe vitamin B17, which is uh, one of the um, in uh, uh, bitter almonds, right? And there is another one by Dr. Joanna Budwick, which I also use on myself uh, many times, which was the, uh, she used, um, uh, what you call that, uh, sort of the uh, quark, quark cheese with, um, uh, with, uh, uh, what you call, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I lost my thought, um, yogurt, plain yogurt cheese with, uh, what is that, oh my gosh, uh, have you ever heard of that, I'm, I, I'm sorry, the, oh GC math, it's an oil, it's an oil, uh, okay, with yogurt? Oh, oh yeah. no, those little tiny seeds that we use them, but um, black black seed um, oil. No, black seed oil is great as well. But there was another oil which oh, is black, black seed oil. Black seed oil. Yes. Black so she used that bad. combination. Yes, yes. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm just sometimes I'm oh. to a uh, tongue twisting. But yes, so uh, so she used that protocol. She was a German doctor as well, and she used on many cancer patients. And I, uh, it's it's a special protocol too. You have to look at it, the combination, exact combination. And I would not recommend take the flaxseed oils when they um, oil when it's open. I mean, it goes rancid after a while. So either you keep it in refrigerator 
and uh, I usually buy the seeds and I grind them and then I use them right away and mix it together with, with the quark or farmer cheese or things like that. Because I think we also, uh, with those American diets, we always, uh, uh, the recommendation is uh, are that don't eat fat, but I think a good healthy fats are very good for your body. I noticed that if I eat, let's say, avocados and, you know, whole things um, and whole milk, let's say organic milk or whole kefir, I actually feel better and digest, uh, able to assimilate better than, uh, you know, skin, skin milk or things like that. So, yeah. And um, yeah, so that's, uh, there are many, many cures. I think, I don't know if anybody heard about Huxley, Huxley, Dr. Huxley, right? He used to um, uh, uh also heal with different herbs and things like that. Is Asiac tea, you know, there are many, there are many, many, many things that you can look into it and many uh, um, therapies for cancer and diseases that are out there but being suppressed and um, uh, told as being hoax, but they are not. Actually, if you really look into them, there are many people who are swear by it. Well, what's, uh, Bill, your take on flaxseed? I used to use it. Um, I was going for my uh, thermography, and they looked at it and said, okay, here is, they showed pictures of women that take phyto, uh, the phytoestrogens, the flax and soy, and what's that other one, black something. Um, and the breasts are really, and I forget the name of it, but almost like they look like veiny and fibrous, and then, he said, she said, and then if you go off your flax and off your soy, they'll be all totally normal. So right away I got off uh, flaxseed and then they were very normal after that. So I don't know, that was the thermography company I go to here in San Diego. Um, so, and so I haven't done flax since, but um, Agnieszka, you do it? You take flax still? Yeah, but you know what? Like I said, I think, uh, you know, where uh, where we get the flax seed, right? And uh, mm. I don't do it as often anymore. I used to do it more often, but I didn't have that kind of problem with my breast. Uh, I think it's uh, fibro the fibrosis, like kind of they give it become fiber. But I don't know. I guess, you know, that's the thing. The trick about flaxseed is that they go rancid and spoil very easily. So I usually um, keep them in the refrigerator for a few days and I try to eat them as soon as possible because when the oil is already open, they go rancid very fast and actually they could be uh, very bad for your body. So, um, you yes. know, yeah. Another uh, thought regarding, you're talking about cancer, we're talking about testing and all the corruption there, but also I think it, it deserve, deserves to be mentioned the corruption of the diagnosis itself, okay? Uh, before I started practicing, I, I watched the Truth About Cancer series and I was made aware of the corruption of diagnosis that in fact most cancer diagnosis is false, is fake, okay, is a big fat lie. Either, either misdiagnosis or overdiagnosis. And the system has been created in a way where the oncologist is given incredibly huge incentives 
to overdiagnose you, okay? Why? Because each round of chemo is worth anywhere between ten to a hundred thousand dollars, and the oncologist makes their income over seventy percent of their income by pushing these on you. They buy in wholesale at a lower price, and then they sell it to the patient, right? To the insurance company, oh heap, whatever, whatever, wherever you live. Um, so on the one hand, you have un unbelievable incentives massive amounts of money uh, incentivizing the oncologist to overdiagnose you. And on the other hand, while on the other hand, there is zero oversight on this oncologist, zero for a second opinion or to double check, okay? And so when I learned about that, one of the first experiences we had was my mom was diagnosed with stage three cancer, okay? And because I knew this, and this was right when I started my practice, okay? Um, I told my mom, I said, listen, I, I, I know this to be the case. You need to get a second opinion. Especially because why? Because my mom told me the type of questions the oncologist was asking her was very odd. Okay, asking her, do you, do, and do, does anybody live with you? Uh, your sons, uh, do your sons live with you? Like, what kind of question is that? You only ask such questions if you want to pray. On, on, on a vulnerable person, right? An elderly woman. So not elderly, but you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, she's in her 60s. But um, so when I, when I heard that stuff, I was like, man, you need to get a second opinion. And what she did, um, we went to an oncologist who has some uh, little bit of a conscience, okay? A Baha'i doctor, good friend of the family. She drove, she went all the way to Hamilton, okay? From, from, it was like a two-hour drive. Nobody does that. Nobody. Nobody will ever dare get a second opinion. And you can't even get it if you wanted to. You, you fear that you're going to insult your oncologist, your GP. You're going to get kicked out of the practice. I mean, there's a lot of intimidation, right? So anyways, convinced my mom to get a second opinion. Lo and behold, that oncologist determined that, no, you don't have stage three. And so all of that fear-mongering, which that, the previous oncologist had said, you need to do, what was it, like six rounds of chemo and radiation before I even will consider doing surgery on you, is what she told my mom, right? And so the other oncologist said, no, it's only stage one, in which case uh, you know, there's no justification for fear-mongering and pushing of these aggressive uh, so-called treatments. And we took it all naturally, you know, I coached my mom for six months, re-educating all the brainwashing and fear-mongering that has taken place because my uncle, my cousins, they were all uh, pressuring her, you know, because they're all doctors, right? You got to do it, you got to do it. And they were attacking me for saying, Nabil, why, wh what are you putting in your mind's, your mom's mind, what, in her brain? But interesting fact, all of her family members who followed their instructions to take chemo, they all, all ended up dead, okay, unfortunately, Ended up dead. The only person who followed my instructions is still alive, healthy and well, my mom. Okay. So, and now having said this, this was my first experience. Moving on into my practice, the first thing I tell every cancer patient that comes to me is, hey guys, be aware of this massive overdiagnosis corruption. You must get a second or a third opinion and do at-home testing with the pregnancy test, with the pH test, to call the bluff of these desensitized depopulationists. 
who get paid very well. So, yeah, anyways, thought I'd drop that. So anyways, um, we'll move on to the next one. But before we do that, welcome to the room, Nelly. Welcome to the room, Wilmer, brother Wilmer. Welcome to the room, Tammy. Feel free to join in on the conversation. Today we are exposing the so-called science that you're not supposed to question. Okay. The dark science, the weaponized science, the science of communism, the science of depopulation, the science of eugenics, the science of driving up big pharma profits that is the science we're talking about today welcome nelly hello everyone welcome, hi Agnieszka. hello beautiful nice to see you nice to see you too i think this is the subject that you're gonna like <laughs> oh yeah i love it and i really enjoy it when the bill was saying because it's so true um with my mom she's diabetic and, you know, as a, as a diabetic, they put you on so many different pills. Um, one, I can't remember, I think it's metformin. Anyhow, this medicine used to make my mother sick all the time. And I honestly used to get upset with her for even taking the medicines. I used to always tell her there are herbal remedies that you can take that can help you and, you know, you won't have those side effects. And I was able to get her some barberry root which is something that levels the sugar in the blood. And she started using it. Um, she finally gave in to me because, you know, years of being indoctrinated by the world um, and telling you what's right or what you should do. Sometimes it's difficult for people to listen to anything outside of that. But she finally was like, you know what, let me try it because this medicine really makes me sick. And so she started using it and she hasn't used the metformin since. Um, and the medicine does what it, um, it makes her feel balanced without feeling dizzy or anything of that sort. And I was so glad to be a part of that, you know, because who knows what effects that medicine could have been having on her in the long run. So it's just crazy um, what these people are doing for money um, when they know, well, a lot of them know that there are other ways of doing things that doesn't involve any of this. But, you know, that greed is something else. Oh, my gosh. I totally agree with you, Nelly. And that's amazing that you find uh, that uh, medicine uh, I mean, natural medicine, I guess I call it plant medicine. But uh, the same ha thing happened to my actually husband a while ago as well. When he got diagnosed, he was on a business trip in Canada at that time. And he, right before that, he went for a yearly checkup, whatever that is. And, um, the, you know, he was sitting at the hotel and the doctor calls him and he said, you you uh, uh, he said, are you OK? He said, yeah, I'm eating bacon and eggs right now. And he said, like, well, you should be in a coma because he checked his sugar. And he was like, you know, uh, at very high levels. And he said, can I finish my breakfast? Right. So then, you know, uh, then he came back from Canada with the, you know, uh, injections. And he told me he has diabetes and now he has to take insulin. And I'm like, oh, great. But I decided, I told him, listen, take whatever the shots you took, whatever you took, the shots that you have left. And after that, we just changing the diet and we completely did change the diet. We got rid of all the sugars, you know, we, 
um, uh, added more plant-based diet and things like that. And within six months, he went for another checkup and the doctor said to him, oh, wow, the medication is working well. And he said, doctor, I have to tell you, but actually I'm not taking the meds. And the doctor said to him, well, you know what, um, I cannot, uh, uh, of the, uh, the books, I, I cannot tell you not to take those medications, but whatever you do, we can keep on doing. So this is my story. So right. I, I, you see, so it's similar. A lot of people just being duped. Right. Very true. Very true. It's so sad, you know, that people will do this. I, you think that people get into these um, fields for the love of it and to help humanity, not to make it worse upon us, you know? I agree. Yeah. So we have to trust ourselves more, I think. You know, I'm I'm not, uh, you know, this educated person, whatever. I educate myself. I go into research, I read and, you know, and that's how I do uh, things. And I take upon myself to heal myself and my immediate family. And they trusted me and they really believed me. And I, I you know, and I'm, I, it's, it's okay. And if anything really bad happened, I'm sure, I don't know, which at this point right now, I would not, I, I don't think I want to be near hospitals at all. So whatever, right. So whatever there is going to be, I know I have a remedy for it. And if anything, I will call Nabil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, my my dad uh, was a diabetic and we went through the same journey, you know, so I totally, totally feel you and, and congrats for figuring it out and helping your mom, you know, metformin. Let, let's take a moment here because it's in line with what we're talking about. Let's uh, expose for a moment the science of sorcery. Okay, let's follow the science of sorcery which is what they're doing with their pharmaceuticals, uh, such as the case for metformin. Now, what metformin does is it gives the patient an illusion that their diabetes has been improved, okay? Because again, you, you control the testing, you control the narrative and the treatment, okay? And this is a, this is a, a good example as to how their testing is, is complete BS. And what they do is they test the sugar levels in the blood. They give the patient metformin, which is effective at pulling sugar out of the blood and cramming it into the cells, which are already oversaturated. And then the patient goes back and they're like, look, 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 your blood level, uh, sugar levels have been lowered. Yay, bravo, you know? And and like what the heck is that even wow. a, a measure? Is that even a measure of health? Is that a measure of success? Not at all. And what metformin does, by virtue of cramming the sugar into the cells, it's worsening the uh, you know the um, the sugar levels in, in the body in the cells, the acidity causing hypoxia and aggravating the complications of diabetes. So the patient is given an illusion of a improvement or a cure because they constantly check their blood. It's, it's like a religion, right? It's like complete brainwashing, constantly testing their blood sugar levels with this machine. And it's showing that it's all good and well, but they have no idea that, the, that uh, you know, on a cellular level, they're becoming more acidic and more hypoxic. And hence why they experience the complications of diabetes, which is what? 
hypoxia, right? You got to cut off the limbs. They lose their eyesight. It's just lack of oxygen to every part. Neuropathy, right? The peripheries. Um, my grandmother had uh, complications of diabetes. I was too young to know anything at the time. Otherwise, it could have saved her. But she got amputated, right? That's that's a good example of acidosis, which is caused by too much sugar in the system, driving down oxygen levels and causing the rotting of, of limbs and, and members and all that kind of stuff. So the cure for diabetes type 2 is simply less sugar, believe it or not. Less sugar. It's really that simple. And then obviously you can use herbs, powerful herbs like you suggested. Um, in addition so to Jim, Jimnema Sylvester, Bitter Melon, Barberry, like you suggested, and, and other ones too. But it's really, yeah. Anyway, so this is the science of sorcery, like the case of malaria, which we've talked about many times, where they banned wormwood in Africa, which was a complete cure for malaria. Okay, they did the studies. There's a documentary called The Malaria Business, Big Pharma versus natural medicine and in that documentary they expose how the world health organization okay should be called the world death organization they banned wormwood which was a cure for malaria and the, what they're pushing now what they have been pushing is their pharmaceutical for malaria which does what which merely it gives an illusion of a cure to the patient it merely masks the clinical symptoms of malaria while allowing the malarial parasite to continue to remain within the bloodstream of the Africans, thereby depopulating them. Okay? This is intense. Watch the documentary. And so when, when, when a person becomes aware of these things, you realize that the World Health Organization is not about health. Because if they were, they wouldn't have banned wormwood. If they were, they wouldn't have banned cures for cancer. You know what I'm saying? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It becomes scary for the average person when when you have these realizations. Oh my God, <laughs> right? The World Health Organization is the world depopulation organization? Oh my God. They've been in charge of this scandemic for two years. Oh my God. Speaking of that, the In the world before that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Danny, I thank you so much for those two documentaries you sent me. It was kind of, I saw them today. I was shocked, yep. the Iron Mountain document and the NASA yeah, right. World document. Damn, yeah, I can, I'm like, it makes sense everything what's happening now. So thank you for that. Yeah, that's all right. I just, I just share it like, you know, you know what, whether you like it or not, that it's fact. And it's just uh, making sense of everything that's going on. And mate, you, you know what? For years, they've just made us sick with food. You know, going from natural. See, that I was watching a documentary in the bill on. They were talking about Coca Cola. When they were using proper sugar, it wasn't so bad. But then they changed from sugar to fructose, and that and that's when problems started. Like that, that fructose was a cheap cheap alternative, but it was bad for health too. So. You know? Yeah, it caused uh, metabolic syndrome, fatty liver disease, high fructose corn syrup, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, 
other substitutes, sugar substitutes, equal, and the other ones that people think that they are healthy, but actually it's way worse, right, than sugar. Yeah, every, everything's bad for you, mate. It's just it's 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 all been done by design. So everything they put in, like when you buy like cans, anything in a can, and you look at like, you know, like I don't know, numbers of three twenty and shit like that. And you just you sort of look at it and you think, what is it? And then you go and look and find out what it is, and you think, well, this stuff's no good for you. So we've we've just cut a lot of it out now and just mate, grow some stuff. So yeah, I also want to ask you, Danny, the question about that NASA Word document. Can can I yep. go to that website and check it out if it's for real, or do they remove that? No, no, that that no, you can go to that website. And it's there. Yep. Wow. So I will send you guys the in the back channel that movie that Danny sent it to me this morning, but. I would recommend for you to guys see it. It's incredible because now everything, whatever is happening, makes sense. This is like inevitable. They've been planning this for many years. You know, we've been talking about it, but like when it's put it in a document and the agency that we thought we should trust, it's kind of scary, you know, and you look at it and they have everything, uh, you know, kind of put uh, in, in their points and they are telling exactly what they're going to do. And then they, they're saying that we humans are disposable right now, you know, that we are not worthy taking too much time. We are overweight. We are too big to... Uh, to, to be sustained so they want to get rid of us and uh, just because that one percent i think also develop they have technology for immortality basically cloning and things like that so they don't need as many people so this actually it's scary because it's on their website nasa website you know and uh, and there is a documentary that you guys can see that this woman is exposing that and she reading it step by step and it's kind of scary what they have installed for us with all the like chemicals and things like that so it's basically food is one of those things that they're going after you know to poison us which is to, th to, to, th to think agnieszka that that mm -hmm. that video goes back about 10 years so yes. you imagine how far they've come come Incredible. in 10 years right? yes it's crazy. Well, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I've I've never trusted medicine. I've never trusted doctors, medicine, hospitals, anything here ever. Yeah. I agree. I've just tried to avoid it by the plague. And the only time I went was when I got cellulitis and it was just an infection in the knee. I had to I had to go on a penicillin drip to to get rid of it, but I try to avoid it. And if I get sick, we just Mate, you know what? In Europe, they've they've, they've got uh, they, they make plum brandies and stuff like that. You know, if medicine can't fix it, the plum brandy will. All right, all right. Welcome, doctor. Oh, he just took off. <laughs> um, shall we continue then? Let's move on to. Another follow the science. Let's uh, take a moment to follow the science of autism. Okay. Follow the sci science of autism where the science, so-called science, has been telling us for decades now, gaslighting parents who have seen their kids uh, basically drift away right after taking shots, uh, been gaslighted and told, no, 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 no. Vaccines do not cause autism, right? 
and their order followers, same thing. Just constantly telling the parents they're out of their minds, genetic, probably something else, nothing to do with the injections. Now, what, what is it now? 70 years, 70 years later or 60 years later, finally the cat's coming out of the bag, okay? But it's still very hush-hush. Now, if you watch the truth about vaccines docu-series, you'll, you'll learn a lot about what I'm, what I'm about to share, which is that finally it's been exposed. This so-called science that's been telling you that there's no connection between their uh, so-called immunization schedule and autism has now been exposed, okay? And the point is to show deliberate intent, not ignorance, okay? And the way we do that is by, when you watch the docu-series, you see that many doctors throughout the decades have brought this concern to, uh, in the tribunals, in the courts, right? There's a lot of court footage of top doctors uh, sharing it, th their concern and, and stating uh, and, and uh, bringing to the attention of the judge or the judges the technology that's used in a lot of these so-called childhood, childhood immunization shots, which is the, nano, the combo nanoparticulate of heavy metals and an emulsifier, which some of you may be aware of, which is the same technology that's used in psychotropic drugs to enable that drug to pass the blood-brain barrier because without this technology, it won't, it won't pass. You can't drive the medication into the brain, right, to medicate the brain of some some of these patients so they found the same technology being used um, nanoparticulates of aluminum with polysorbate 80 for example and the mixture of these two basically drives the retroviruses and the heavy metals into the brain by 20 fold guys by 20 fold they've been bringing it up in the court system for so many decades, right? Pa parents have been bringing it up, journalists, I mean, you name it. It's not like they don't know. And if these so-called health agencies were run by good people, like a lot of people say, that who truly care, you think they would consider, at least consider these concerns, right? At least consider it, right? But they know, they always shut it down. They always shoot it down. They always bury it, right? They, you know what I'm saying? So that in itself, to me, it shows complete uh, deliberate um, uh, attempt to dumb the populations down and a, 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 a small amount be become autistic, but the majority get dumbed down, right? That, that needs to be understood. Now, the other aspect to this whole autism scam is Dr. Bradstreet, which many of you may be familiar with. If you're not, look him up. A lot of this has been wiped wiped off of Google and YouTube, so you have to go to the other decentralized platforms. Dr. Bradstreet was the first doctor who discovered the cure for autism, guys. And what was so dangerous about his discovery was that the cure exposed the cause. And the cause, well, by exposing the cause, it would expose the vaccines, which they've been saying is not the cause, right? So he discovered that, yes, these retroviruses and the heavy metals which have been driven into the brain of these children is what's causing autism. Why? Because by undoing that, by removing these infections and the heavy metals from the brains of his 
a child patients. In one week, he was able to convert autistic children into non-autistic children. Okay, and the way he did this was by using a product called GC Math. Okay, and using we can get into that a little bit later, but I'm just going to mention it for now. GC Math. Glyco something macrophage activating factor. I forgot the, the the exact term. And he used to use a PEMF device uh, behind the neck, behind the skull of the children to open up the blood-brain barrier temporarily and drive that GCMAF into the brain to basically deactivate the infections. Okay? And in one week, his kids, the kids would become verbal. Essentially, the autistic children would become verbal. What happened two years later, after he started gaining momentum, he started sharing this information with fellow colleagues, the guy ended up dead uh, with a shot in his chest floating in the river. Now, this uh, so-called suicide happened three days after the FBI raided his clinic, and the search warrant is on the internet. If you type it, search warrant, GC Math, Dr. Bradstreet, you will find the search warrant. They were searching for GC Math, okay? They were searching for GC Math and they confiscated it. And his lab was shut down. And David Noakes and his wife, Lynn Thayer, both were thrown into jail. And they were operating from the UK, by the way, the lab, and, and they were producing GC Math there. The NIH outlawed GC Math in 2015. And since I live in Portugal and I've been interested in importing it for and using it for my patients, back in the day, I researched as well. And Infarmed, which is the uh, FDA of Portugal, just as corrupt as all of them, they also outlawed it the same time that the NIH did. Okay. And it's incredible because GC Math, glyco, uh, what is it, glycoprotein macrophage activating factor, is a natural protein that your body produces. It's not nothing exterior, nothing synthetic, nothing, you know, uh, um, nothing weird. It's, it's a protein that your body produces, and they have banned a natural protein that your body produces. Can you even imagine that? Thereby banning the cure for autism and and many other things but we won't get into that right now okay so if this doesn't show deliberate attempt to suppress the cure for autism and the knowledge of what's really going on i don't know what what is and just to finish off this uh, drive this point to the end in the beginning of 2021 just one year ago the informed consent action network which is spearheaded by dell bigtree what a guy what a hero and his group of scientists and lawyers, top lawyers, they forced the CDC to remove their claim. This claim that they've been, you know, preaching from the high hills for decades. There is no link between vaccines and autism. Okay. They have, they were forced to remove it and they did remove it because they had no science to back that claim up. Okay, guys? So that in itself, I mean, I mean, speaks so, so, so greatly. But nobody, nobody hears, hears about it, right? Nobody heard about it. 
the fake stream media didn't report on it. But anyways, I thought I'd share that as well. Feel free to share your thoughts. Welcome, Oladeli. Yay. Hi, Oladeli. I'm glad you're here. Maybe he's actually uh, on the phone or something. But uh, yeah, uh, there is another Dr. Gary Noll. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He also uh, been fighting the um, you know vaccines, uh, children, uh, the childhood vaccines for many years, and been in front of the Congress and things like that. Uh, he uh, against CDC and, and FDA. There is a great documentary also, War on Health, by Gary Noll. He exposed a lot of fraud out there as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, I myself have a daughter who is six years old, never been vaccinated, and she's healthy, and she survived six years, and I'm sure she'll be healthier for that because there is no poison in her. Oh, man, I, I, I long for the day to have kids and prove to the world what I know I to be true. You know, I made mistakes, Nabil, is... as well. I have two other kids, and I unfortunately, my uh, first one, I did vaccinate it for a while, and I remember that was just, a, uh, you know, experience, uh, life experience. I didn't know anything about health and nutrition. I was not interested in that at that time. Too young, I was into either other things. And I remember every time I would go to pediatrician, my son would have, uh, you know, uh, every time there was some kind of vaccine or whatever, he would have developed ear infections or also coughing, uh, asthma, which was like, what, you know, where would that be? There was nobody in my family who had asthma and things like that. But, you know, uh, later on, I stopped doing that when I learned a lot of things and I actually uh, had friends who had uh, vaccine injured children and that woke me up that was like a huge wake up so I remember like I already have two kids and I'm like oh my god I did what you just said I'm like oh I wish if I could do it again I would do it differently you know and got well 10 years later boom by accident I got pregnant with my <laughs> again and I got to do everything the right way which you know like I was very healthy in my pregnancy, was running up to six, seven months, I remember, drinking juices. And I remember they were telling me, because I was in my 40s, okay, you you, you know, they would try to do a bunch of tests on me, and I didn't let them. And they, I think I was the worst patient they ever had, but because I was uh, armed with knowledge. And I also, when I went to the hospital in New York, I brought doula with me, and I went in and went out the same day. I didn't let them touch or leave my baby alone. I didn't even let them wash my baby, you know, because I know that film on the, when you go through the canal, I learned that it's also very protective for the baby. So when you arm with knowledge, you can do everything that you want to do and it's possible. You just got to know, you know, and I was blessed to experience that. And I actually never breastfed my two first children. And I breastfed in my 40s, my uh, last child, which is, she's six years old, and I breastfed two and a half years, and on one breast, and everybody was telling me I'm doing something wrong, blah, 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 and I'm like, I'm not listening to that, I, I, the other one was not taking it, this one was doing it, and my body would just balance itself, and it was perfectly fine, and, you know, everything worked out. I think we have to, like, listen to ourselves and our body and trust ourselves more, and we'd be perfect, we'd be fine. Man, that's amazing, Agnieszka. I just, uh, I, I hope to 
find a wifey who who's into that but for the most part like you said the, the young ladies they they don't know anything about this stuff but uh you know this what you just shared really leads into another point that i had on the list which was really for those who are you know follow the science uh, and then trust the experts and don't be a science denier one of the things they they don't know about is that there has never been conducted a true placebo comparison study with any vaccine and this has been exposed by you know Dell Bigtree the high wire I can the children's health defense I mean you name it right the truth about vaccines docu docu series and most people would be shocked to learn about this because this is the gold standard a scientific study for for any drug or any vaccine is you need to have one group of people that you compare to who have not received the vaccine and what what we learn is that they as as they do very well they change the definitions they manipulate everything and the control group they use is always a control group uh where they inject them with the toxic heavy metals or they use a comparison with with a previous toxic vaccine and they call that the comparison group right and and since and since everybody gets poisoned and 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 gets the same side effects they're like hey the new vaccine isn't any worse than the previous one so it's it's safe if it, if the previous one was approved then hey this one's still it's safe and and worthy of approval now the industry itself that is responsible for the immunization schedule of billions of children okay refuses to do a true comparison study okay and the excuse they use they've brought up in in the tribunals and the courts in the court system when you look at the footage is oh it would be unethical to have a true uninjected populist to compare to because it would be such a disservice to them they would be at so such a great risk of dying that's their excuse okay now every now and then we see true pl- uh, testing placebo comparison studies uh come to the surface okay contrary to their wishes because if such a test were to be done you know the results would speak so loudly i mean it would cause a revolution essentially um and one example is dr christine ben ted talk right she was a pro vaccine doctor went to africa injected a whole african population went back 10 years later and was shocked to see that the injected population was riddled with chronic disease and 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 premature death while the uninjected populace was free from disease whatsoever and one of the uh north Amer- that was a, she's like a norwegian doctor something like that and um but here in in america one of the doctors pediatricians that's been making huge waves has been dr paul thomas a pediatrician who has tens of thousands of kids in his um in his practice and he's been featured on the high wire interviewed by del bigtree and you guys just look up his book his website his work his interviews and you'll see that for the first time a pediatrician with integrity has had the cojones to do a true placebo a comparison study between his uh the kids in his practice who are not injected and the kids in his practice who are injected and he shows the data guys he shows the data 
If you need it, just let me know. I'll send it to you. The videos and interviews where he shows the data that the uninjected kids in his practice have virtually no asthma, no ear infections, none of these childhood complications that we all went through, while the uninjected, while the injected are riddled with them and keep the pediatricians in business. Not only that, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has exposed that the Blue, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, offers pediatricians huge bonuses if they get over 60% of their patients, uh, of, the, of the children injected, fully, fully injected with the childhood schedule, right? Over 60%, they get something like a $100,000 bonus. It really depends on the size of their practice, right? So the bigger the size of the practice, the more kids that get injected, the bigger the bonus. And this is why uh, some pediatricians, they get very angry when parents suggest that, hey, we want to we want to investigate first. We, we don't want to go too hard. You know what I'm saying? This is why they get extremely aggressive and violent and they threaten to kick you out of their practice because they don't want you to count in that statistic. They don't want to lose their bonus, you know, which could be anywhere from 50 to $100,000 a month, uh, a, a year, which is big money, right? And so when you look, look, anybody who's really doing good, if I suggest that to you as a practitioner and you choose not to take it, well, that's on you. I could care less. You know, I tried to, I, I shared it with you. It's up to you. But if I get angry when you don't accept it, well, that shows that I'm attached to an outcome of some sorts. And that's why I got angry, okay? I wanted something from you. You didn't do it. Now I'm pissed. I mean, so if there's, if there's any type of behavior that really re reveals this uh, corruption, I, I, it's, it's really that, right? Oh my gosh, Annabelle, this is exactly what happened to me <laughs> when I took my daughter out of the hospital because I told them I'm not going to vaccinate. I have a pediatrician. Otherwise, they would not let me out. So, you know, I go to the visit, you know, uh, after two months. And, of course, they're trying to vaccinate me, my, my, my daughter. And I say, no, thank you. Can we wait? I was, like, I was trying to stall because I knew that what the agenda was. So, actually, that's what they did. They kicked me out of the practice, you know. And I'm thinking, if you really care for the child or myself, why would you do it? The child is healthy right now. There's nothing wrong with the baby. Why do you, why, just because I don't want to take the vaccine, you know, why, you know. It was kind of heartbreaking at first, but then, you know, it's a, a thank God I found, uh, talked to other mothers, and then I found another pediatrician in New York City who actually was an MD pediatrician, but who did not believe in vaccines. So everything is possible as long as you look for it, you know what I mean? And I have a, a, my dear friend, Helena, she has a daughter actually who has autism, and she wrote a book, uh, which is in Barcelona, A Mother's Journey from Autism to Hope, Finding Lena. And she wrote a, her journey uh, with, uh, living with a distinct child. And her daughter was vaccinated. She was developing perfectly fine up to three and a half, sm smart, bright, talking child. And when she went for the doctor visit and they inject her with MMR, of course, the next day she actually even she told me in that book, it says that like actually she the same night evening, she saw something different in her, her daughter's eyes, you know, and then within two weeks, that daughter just tried start regressing, regressing, regressing. And, you know, Lena is 18 right now. And she, you know, um, she has full blown autism. It's uh, she has uh, she 
repeats things 24-7, you know, it's very hard to communicate with her. She's 18 and it's very hard. She used to have uh, seizures, you know, and the, with diet and changing uh, a lot of things around, uh, you know, they were able to stop the seizures. But, you know, this child would go anywhere, even with the babysitter outside, and this child would go into convulsions and seizures and you will have to hold the child outside on the street. Imagine being in New York City, somebody would think somebody, you know, is doing so, so many times people would call cops on them. So they were going through such uh, struggles just because of that and not understanding, you know, and the doctors were just trying to um, vaccinate on top of that, you know, so they had to totally change their lifestyle as well. But uh, she's 18 right now and she still has autism and you know, she went with the natural way and she, they're trying to find her. So they call it finding Lena uh, and try to cure her. But I think you have to catch it very early when you, it's, uh, the child is, you know, uh, uh, in the early development. And I think it was a little too late. So it took a hold of her, you know, uh, organs, you know, especially the brain, the MRR, which is mercury loaded with mercury, right? Yeah, you know, uh, what a lot of people don't understand is it's not just what has happened to the autistic folks. It's that the intention is to dumb down the entire population, but only a small minority end up becoming autistic. But the rest of us, we've been dumbed down, guys. We have massive amounts of toxic heavy metals lodged in the brain, which is going to uh, reduce your mental faculties, um, expedite Alzheimer's, dementia, forgetfulness, brain fog, tumors in the brain. And this is why I tell everybody, look, even if you've not taken the COVID injections, you need to be proactive at purifying your brain, right? The fattiest organ where, where all these uh, toxins are stored, especially because they've used technology that passes the blood-brain barrier by 20-fold, we're in an EMF soup. Dr. Klinghart has done many studies and have, has shown that Wi-Fi opens the blood-brain barrier. We know glyphosate compromises the blood-brain barrier. So more than ever before, we have a lot of these heavy metals in the brain. And now that they're ramping up 5, uh, 5G and 6G, as many of you know, this January, in fact, today, um, I saw many posts talking about today, they, they were going to ramp it up. It's more important than ever before to make an effort or take that, that uh, precaution to purify your brain, right? Because as they ramp it up, your brain's going to become a receiver. And as it resonates to the resonate frequencies, your, your, your brain's going to get fried. Okay, your brain, your body, wherever we have these heavy metals stored. And, and one of the products I talk about all the time, as some of you know, is the TRS, which I've featured on my website so ready for health.com because it has that unique ability of passing the blood brain barrier unlike chlorella for example which is a great uh, heavy metal detoxifier yeah so it's it's really unfortunate you know really unfortunate not not only for the patient the child that becomes autistic but also for the family that becomes paralyzed now obviously there's blessings right whenever you have whenever you have an autistic child or handicapped child, there are blessings. I, I worked as a social worker with brain injury uh, adults for three years and then with, with the elderly. 
So I know, I mean, it transformed me as a human being, right? I became more patient, more understanding, more uh, caring, all that kind of stuff, right? They make us grow. They're, they are so innocent as well. We, we learn from their innocence as well and their purity. But on the other side, it also paralyzes a family, paralyzes them financially, paralyzes them uh, with their time and emotionally. So, I mean, it's, it's insane, yeah. All right, all right. Welcome to the room to all the noobs. Anterly, welcome to the room. Lion, welcome back. Thank you. I had to step away for a little bit. Yeah, there's another protocol in addition to Dr. Bradstreet. Dr. Bradstreet's um, protocol is the most effective. And I've only had a handful of uh, parents come to me with autistic children. And I've used, I've just basically educated them on Dr. Bradstreet's protocol. And all of them, you know, in a matter of two months, they've reported back to me. They've sent me pictures, photos of their children becoming verbal, so happy. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to have more patients, but in my opinion, Dr. Bradstreet's uh, protocol is the most powerful. But interestingly, I've heard of uh, Andreas Kalker's protocol and this uh, Spanish doctor who he collaborates with. I forgot her name right now, but uh, they use chlorine dioxide enemas. And I just wonder, I just wonder, like they have for them, it's like it's it takes a long time. If you research their work, it's like one year, six months of changing the diet of doing chlorine dioxide, enemas, etc. It kind of helps. But Dr. Bradstreet's, like I said, one week, boom, right? From nonverbal to verbal. So, and, and we know like chlorine dioxide, it uh, kills infections. And we know a lot of these infections, uh, injections have infections injected into you. <laughs> Um, anyways. Um, yeah, so, I heard... Oh, sorry. Oh, I, 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 just, I just had a question about, um, uh, this topic because I, I, was, I stepped out for a bit and I didn't know you guys were talking about autism. Um, is there any treatment for, um, people who are adults and have had severe autism, like basically their whole lives? Well, I personally haven't had the opportunity to help an adult with autism, but I would use the exact same procedure, the exact same procedure, which was uh, using GCMAF, high doses of GCMAF, and opening up the blood-brain barrier using a PMF device behind the head. And that's it, going low-carb for a bit, using vitamin D3. So there's a whole protocol, look up the Dr. Bradstreet uh, autism protocol, you probably can find it somewhere. Um, and that's really it. That's really it. That's that's the most powerful way. And TRS, right? TRS for the heavy metals, GCMAF for the induced infections into the brains of these innocent kids. 
It's kind of tricky with the adults because uh, it depends what spectrum, it, I think, in my opinion, what spectrum of artists you have and damage, you know, because if it affects your brain very early, it's going to be very, very hard to detox the mercury out of your body, especially when it affects your internal organs, you know, it's, I think it's more into the timing of it, you know, and how soon you can chelate and all those toxins out of your body, because when they take over you, it's like with my friend's daughter, which she tried many different alternative ways. And, um, you know, the only way, you know, it's kind of leasing the pain, because I think so many times we don't, uh, the children cannot uh, um, voice how they hurt because they don't have that vocabulary what's really hurting them but uh, when she does did a lot of testing it was like it, it she had issues with the liver with kidneys with a lot of things which the you know pediatricians and mainstream doctors don't even do tests for so and also the issues with the brain you know it's like uh, if uh, uh, with her you know she can she can repeat things but she cannot she will listen to some things and she will, but then she, you cannot communicate. So I don't know with adults as well. It depends on how advanced and how much poison they have in their body and how much they can assimilate. Yeah, that's true. I, I would imagine that uh, if autism is left untreated for longer periods of time, will that induced infection and heavy metal toxicity in the brain would damage would damage the brain over time and so the the reversal would be you know more difficult if at all possible or at least partial minimal improvements there are many cases actually i've been looking into that too like even jenny mccarty i don't know if anybody know her she has a child and she started super early with her boy and actually she was able to reverse the symptoms right it's so i think it's it has uh, to do with the timing because you know how long you have that poison in your body and how it affects your brain especially the brain Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're. That's what they're doing to us, man. I hear that's what you. they're trying to do. Yeah. But this, this not. You know, it's not to say that those children are not bright. You know, my girlfriend, she is a psychotherapist, and she developed a special uh, treatment uh, routine with her daughter, actually, which is called RPM method, and. I tell you guys, just because the children, they cannot communicate well in this realm, I was shocked. To, I am shocked even to this. I cannot figure out how this child who cannot communicate, who is, you know, goes to special needs school, she is able to, uh, you know, through RPM method, talk about Shakespeare and, I mean, stuff that I don't even know. Like sometimes, uh, you know, she talks about biology and, and a lot of things. So... There is something more to the human being than the what, what the body we carry right now in this reality. And yeah, and the children are still bright, they're very conscious, they they human beings. So, you know, it's still a lot I have I mean, we haven't learned and there are many different ways to communicate, you know. You know, I totally totally agree. Um you know, take the example of a person
who is blind. Right? A person who is blind uh, be, learns in, in this reality, learns to use their sense of hearing more acutely or sense of touch more acutely. So these other powers uh, or senses have been heightened uh, compared to the rest of us, right? Because we depend on all four or all five, whereas they depend on less, right? So in the same manner, you, you could, that's a very good point that you brought up because it's very possible that an, autist, an autistic person who may have difficulty expressing themselves, they may have heightened their ability to express themselves uh, through art, which we know to be the case. Like I have a friend who's uh, on the Asperger's spectrum and he's one of the best music producers I've ever known. Okay, like professional. Um, and we know a lot of autistic uh, people on the autistic spectrum are geniuses in many ways. So the suppression or the removal of one of your senses or abilities gives way for the heightening of the other senses through compensation. I, I think it, maybe it's like a compensative uh, mechanism that we have. So I totally, totally do believe that for sure. And, in, in, you know, there's, there's this one guy, I forgot his name, but some of you may have heard of him, but he was autistic like for so many years, right? For like 20, 30 years, and then somehow popped out of it, right? Popped out of it. And then he wrote a book about how his entire life, he understood exactly what people were telling him, but he couldn't, just, he couldn't, he couldn't communicate back. He couldn't express it back. And, and that was a torture. And how people were treating him, like the way they were talking to him, like very demeaning and childlike, like he was stupid or something. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not sure if you guys heard about that guy, but I thought that was, I want to buy his book. Welcome, Ricky. How are you? Nice to see you. And Happy New Year. Yo, Ricky, welcome, welcome. Happy 2022. Is this the Ricky from She Bangs? She Bangs. I'm wasted by the way she moves. She moves. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Ricky Martin? <laughs> oh, that, that is me. That is me. Oh, man, it's such an honor. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Can you do an acapella for us? One of your top, top uh, billboard songs. Bless us with your. No, you don't want to hear that. With your talent. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get uh, pay for some food, and then I want to. Uh, I want to trust the science. I want to trust the doctors and the experts. Uh, right after that. <laughs> I know you're not telling the truth. <laughs> but nice try, Ricky. All right, guys. Maybe I'll take a moment, a quick little break here. To let you know that this uh, clubhouse room is sponsored by SoReadyForHealth.com. 
which happens to be none other than my company that I founded, my practice. You guys need help with any kind of so-called disease, you know where to reach me. Um, I offer consultations worldwide and courses also worldwide. And even you can mail in your hair sample from anywhere in the world to determine your you know, toxic heavy metal levels, deficiencies, excesses, etc. And I'll be more than happy to assist you guys. So having said that, welcome uh, to everybody who's new into the room. We're, uh, tonight we're spending some time exposing uh, the corruption of science, you know, because those who have hijacked science uh, have basically, you know, are, are basically trying to tell you that you shouldn't question it, right? You shouldn't question it, that you should just trust the experts, trust the science, when we know full well, as we've been discussing, that science has been used for evil throughout the decades in many ways by bad players. It has been hijacked, it has been weaponized. Sure, there are some good things in science, but like anything else, it can be used for good or for evil, depending on who is running the show, right? Education can be used, or schools can be used to educate or to indoctrinate and dumb down. Money can be used to enslave a populace like the Fed, or it can be used a decentralized, deflationary system which can uh, bring about prosperity and justice in the world, um, etc., etc. So, like anything else, you can't say religion, you can't say re trust religion, right? Trust the priests. No, there's good priests and bad priests. There's religion that's been hijacked and perverted, and the meaning of the text perverted to suit the desires um, and the selfishness of the those who interpose themselves between us and our Creator. And then, you, you know what I'm saying? So everything can be used for good or for evil, and that's really the, the main point uh, I wanted to share, or that I wanted us to talk about tonight, is that question, uh, science must be questioned especially because of the reputation it has had over the past hundred years. Insane, rep dark reputation, which we've discussed and will continue to discuss. So feel free to share your thoughts.